Welcome to Bread and Butter, everybody. We're here to serve up the basics the average Hearthstone player needs for Hearthstone improvement. Uh, how have you been doing today, Tito? I am fantastic, thank you for asking. I've had a little snafu at work where my account's been disabled, so I've basically had a couple free day days off that I'm getting paid for, which has been kind of nice. Um, took a couple little extra naps. It's been it's been it's been pleasant. Uh, how about yourself, Doc? Uh, I've been doing pretty good, but uh, the person I really want to hear from, uh, Andrew, how have you been doing? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor and a pleasure to hang out with some some guys launching a show. That butter's melting because it's so hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for being able or being willing to work with us. Okay, so uh, I think it's time to set the table. Okay. Um, so, Andrew, um, have you... I know you're a busy man, uh, but what have you been doing lately in Hearthstone, uh, personal life, and or video games in general? Sure. Um, well, anyone who may have uh, caught me during the the Hearthstone podcast storm I was a part of before uh, may remember that I had twins uh, that actually took me out of the weekly game. And so four kids, let me tell you something. It is the zoo, I thought, uh, and it's even more than I thought. <laughs> and I had a pretty high, uh, high thinking of it before. But yeah, so it, I mean, it's been a blast. And, you know, as much as I've missed uh, podcasting and hanging out with cool people like you guys, uh, it's been easily the right decision uh, when I haven't looked back on. And I, I'm sure you guys relate, having listened to a lot of podcasts, you still feel like you're connecting with people, even if you're just consuming. So it's kind of, uh, it doesn't take you completely out of that. So uh, so yeah, the kids are keeping me busy as always. Um, in Hearthstone, uh, you know, I played some a good amount of Battlegrounds when Quest hit. I was much more impressed with those than I expected. Uh, I, I heard comparisons of it to like a... a, a a roguelike essentially and that's really what it feels like they kind of busted the the ceiling off as far as predictable gameplay and stuff so it's really fun to see what you come up with each time you play um but the, surprisingly i actually slipped back into standard really quickly uh last month i was tinkering around with a uh, a homebrew deck which i was one win away from legend with and i was so upset because I, i've never hit legend with a homebrew um, but it was uh, Quest Paladin deck, and it was uh, it, it it was really fun for a really long time. And then Agro Druid just slapped me back into the ground. Uh, so I, but I had a lot of fun playing with that. Still proud of the the progress I made with that. I'm actually I, I was thinking about trying it again this month, um, but in the meantime, I've just kind of been playing Naga Priest to uh, to get my dailies done and stuff like that. So yeah, just kind of kind of kicking the tires and having fun with stuff until the mini set comes out. When you said that you had come up to uh, with mm -hmm. a homebrew right up to the edge and just fell off, I knew you were talking about Paladin, and, some kind of Paladin, because that always just seems to come up yeah, so that's, short. Yeah, that's been the story with Paladin for a lot of people lately, is if they're really committed to it, it's still not going to work, but maybe you'll have fun and try it. I, I, I've been trying really, really hard to get Lightblade to work, and I had a, a, a dude-based Lightblade deck that I had homebrewed that I did pretty well nice. with, but then started to fall off a little bit, and then I, I kind of tweaked it to take out the, the dudes, and I added Rush, because mm. with Lightblade, and if you want to really take advantage of hold the bridge and, and, and that kind of things, you need the Rush 
to get to get the value. Yeah. So I understand. Those Hold the are bridge is surprisingly good. Uh, you know, it's if you have to play it on turn four, it kind of feels like you're wasting a turn. But if you can combine it with even one card that same turn, it pays off so much the next couple that if your opponent isn't being proactive, you can really kind of flood the board quickly with some some big dudes. Yeah, uh, Tito, uh, what have you been playing? I've been playing, so I've been I've been mostly kind of avoiding standard if I'm not streaming, um, because I'm trying to. So I, we talked um, in the first episode about kind of how to gauge your your progress, and we talked a lot around legend and how like my MMR is way down low. So I have like a 10K MMR and if I got in there around, I think I get around 45, 45. I don't play for two days. My MMR drops 800 and that feels bad when it's like, well, no, I was up here and now even though I didn't do anything, I'm down here. So I've been playing and I've been tracking my progress on that night whenever I play. So not just wins and losses, but I'm seeing like, hey, I started my MMR here. Here are my losses. And then at the end, I, I say, well, here's my legend rank when I started. Here's where I ended. I gained 200 legend points. And now I'm just like aggregating that just for my session. So I'm seeing a positive improvement on that. Even though my legend rank is going down, my aggregate of when I play is going up. And I, I think that's kind of an interesting way to do it. And, and I'm feeling much more positive about it because um, it's been successful when I play. I had a, I played 26 games, I think, on, on my last stream, which was a lot because I think I was streaming at the same time as Wicked Good playing Thief Priest. And I think he played four games or five games in that same amount of time. So, um, it's, it's really been a lot of fun and I've been putting a little bit more time into Battlegrounds too. Um, so, so we're getting there. I'm trying, I'm catching up to you. I'm almost at 4,000. So we'll, 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 we'll be there soon. Um, how about you, Doc? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of BGs. Uh, I'm almost, uh, 5k. I'm, it's BGs is just fun. Like Andrew was saying, like they really hit it out of the park with the quests and it makes every game feel different. And the fact that the, like the quest path is is hardly ever the same, like just adds to that exponentially. And then in standard, I've just been playing Beast Hunter and Beast Hunter is silly. It's just it's just the nuts right now. And being able to do funny things with King Crush uh, is pretty good. Like today, I finally got Cr uh, King Crush out for five or eight. And then he died, got double revived by the improved seeker from Tavish. And then I had lethal and they just conceded as soon as their turn was done. Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I had really, th as far not about the the hunter, but about the battlegrounds. When buddies came out, I really liked buddies, but I thought it would have been a little more interesting. Is instead of having specific buddies per hero, you had a a discoverer buddy, just like you discovered your hero. So you would pick your hero, and then um, you would pick whatever buddy you get, and that that would have added more dynamic play replayability most like roguelike almost to the same thing so i thought that's the way they they could have made buddies less linear because that was always the complaint right but buddies feel very linear and i think they felt the same way and i think that's where they ended up going with quest quest is just buddies that change kind of so i i really like the way that came out um it's a lot of fun and it's just it it, it gives you interesting but the big question Please, even if you play the big the question is: Has either of you found the quest that gives you a buddy yet? That gives because <laughs> that, is <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. 
yeah like when when the screenshot when the first screenshots first started circulating around like twitter and reddit i was like there's no way like <laughs> someone photoshopped this like this wasn't any of the information we got and then lo and behold they pulled one over on everybody and it was wonderful like i'm glad that they have the the gumption i guess to like want to sneak so something playful. in like it just feels very hearthstone that they'd sneak it in it would rarely get seen it would have that same effect on everyone like this can't be real and sure enough it is so i i just thought that was a very uh very clever thing to do fun i i've enjoyed seeing some people's disappointment though when they say I, we finally got it and i had like one of the worst heroes for buddies <laughs> so they're like i got a I, I got a horrible buddy but they take it anyway because of course how how you how may can never you not get it back when it pops you may up? never get it back you may never get it back um, how about we get some appetizers? No, Homer, don't fill up on bread! Well, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, we actually got our first review, uh, the other day. It was by, uh, a friendly Blizzy, uh, Riot. An introduction to greatness. Five stars by Riot. I didn't want to have to tell you this, but Doc and Tito think you should get better at Hearthstone, and they're not wrong. Lucky for you, they have some tips that might make you a better, more consistent Hearthstone player. They also have bread. Come get some carbs and Hearthstone knowledge. Um, Riot has been friend a friend of mine for quite a while. Like he's on on and off active in the Blizzlet Discord, but they're always one of the people I reach out to whenever Blizzlet's coming up on a 100 episode uh, anniversary because I know uh, Riot will pull through and like be able to help with stuff. Uh, Riot's small member of the community, but they're awesome. Thank you so much, Riot. Nice. Yeah, I don't think people actually I don't think people actually know know this, but the reason why you and I I mean we were friends before, but we really kind of started talking when we um helped record. You asked me to help record um something for the 100th Blizzlet um episode. And um I think I took your idea like just like with this podcast, I took your idea and I kind of magnified it by like a factor of 7. And you were like, hey, let's just do something silly. And I ended up saying, no, I'm going to get I'm going to try to get a Blizzard dev. And we got Cora and I got just the guy who was just starting to become known in the 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 scene. And we got a few other people to record things to say, uh, hey, congratulations on your 200th episode on Blizzlet. And it was like I, I felt kind of bad because I, I, I typically jumped in. and I started project managing the projects. <laughs> Thank you for your patience with me on that, Doc. But, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're good, Tito. So, uh, Andrew, you're the uh, man of the hour, man of the 30 to 40 minutes. Um, so what's your history with video games and what got you into Hearthstone? Ooh, yeah, 30, 40 minutes. I could eat that whole thing up with all the games I've played. Um, the quick version, though, I actually was raised on Blizzard games. My dad was one of the first adopters of a Mac and one of the few <laughs> gamers back then uh, where if you wanted to play video games on your Mac, you had like a very limited library. Blizzard was one of the few companies that was committed to making their games on both Mac and PC. So grew up with Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, all that stuff. And um, fast forward. Well, and so I, I also played a lot of Pokemon uh, card game when I was a kid. Uh, probably spent too much money at my local comic store and lost every tournament I played in, but still enjoyed the the card game dynamic. So then fast forward and uh, I found out about Hearthstone with Naxxramas released for some reason. I was like, how did I miss that there's this Warcraft card game? 
And I just got hook, line, and sinker into it. I was so lost so quickly and uh, have played it consistently since then. So, um, yeah, I let's see. So I I played or I, I started a podcast called Villains Chosen. I'd be impressed if anyone uh, listening remembered it. Uh, we must be friends if you know what that is. But uh, that was my first foray into podcasting, and that was a lot of fun. Did that with... Uh, not Rob and Loremaster Eve, uh, and uh, we had fun doing that for a while. Then took over the Happy Hearthstone in uh, 2017. Was that 2017? Goodness sake! Um, and did that through uh, 2020. So, uh, so yeah, I had some some parts there. Got to go to a couple BlizzCons. Uh, even stayed with uh, with Stormrage at one of those. We had a blast. Um, yeah, I've gotten to know a lot of different people in the community through all of that. Uh, I, Doc, I heard you in episode one mentioning DreamHack Denver. I was at that also. So we did. Uh, <laughs> actually, I uh, I have a picture for you, and I only have this picture because oh, really? of you. Yeah. Uh, so you shared it on Twitter a long time oh, ago. I'm putting it in the general no, of the Discord server. This. We actually we actually sat right, right next to each right. other. I remember you calling this out on Twitter when I did that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the one picture I have oh, of myself man. at DreamHack. Yeah, so I'm I'm bummed that we didn't get to like hang out there and stuff, but you just never know you know how things are gonna develop and all that. But yeah. that that event was the my first foray into real life Hearthstone, and that was uh, that was a really memorable event too. So um, I feel like there was one. Oh yeah, then uh, I guess it was twenty nineteen. Uh, I think it, no, it must have been twenty eighteen that I started working at HS Replay. I saw them post a job for a, a customer support, and I was like, man, this would be neat to because I have all of this, you know. Uh, seemingly useless knowledge in my brain. So if I could help somehow uh, and actually make that into work, then that'd be great. It's funny because actually my first job was for the Dallas Morning News writing video game reviews in seventh grade. My mom told me I would never make money playing video games. I was like, I'm going to see what I can do about that. And now still I'm, you know, I, I have a paid job doing that. So uh, it's, it's really fun, especially since I had to step away from the podcast. It's really fun being able to contribute to the community um, so anytime you see uh, social media from HS Replay, that's usually me. I do some of the archetype maintenance on there and just help customers who are uh, running into any issues with the tracking software or anything related to that. So, um, yeah, really thankful to be able to still be engaged and help people out in that way. Now, on that on that note, I know you said so you started off with the, um, the, the writing articles and now you're mm -hmm. at HS Replay. Did you have any kind of... Um, uh, like data job or anything like that that really kind of made you fit that mold of HS Replay? Were you a database guy or a programmer? Or you know, uh, to be honest, they liked that I had some content creation background because that was something that could help with like blogs. And I, I have a marketing background also. So that was something that, especially on the social media side, I wouldn't just kind of be throwing stuff together. I could actually look at things through a strategic lens as well. So um, but mostly it was honestly knowledge of the game, uh, I guess connections in the community and just being a part of things was fun too. Um, so yeah, it was funny actually, I had written an article for them before, uh, before I had the job. So I, I had written on their blog and that was, 
I, I remember my uh, my boss Tiago saying it was really interesting on your resume having said I wrote something for you. Uh, so that's you know that's that's a compelling thing on there. So uh, yeah. Um, so the next question, um, what what are you playing in Hearthstone? I know we kind of touched on that before, but when you've dipped back into standard, uh, have, did you play anything besides Paladin? Yeah, let's see. I, I played a little bit of Beast Hunter, too, because like you said, it's just insane right now. So if I really just want to try hard, then that's the easy thing to go to. You know, I'm not usually a... Uh, I, I really like stuff that's off meta, but I I haven't really done well historically with stuff that I created myself. So typically I want to go on HS replay and find the decks that I'm not familiar with and try those out, especially if they're performing well. So, um, so I think lately that was Naga priest was really showing a lot of promise. Um, I did try aggro demon hunter last night and lost every game I played with it. So that was not great. Although I think (laughs) it was a dated list. Uh, and actually there was something I just pulled today. I saw a curse imp warlock list that, uh, chewy HS posted doing really well with, and I, I haven't done a lot with imp warlock. I love the curse package. So curse imp, I, I saw that I was like, okay, it's time to try this out because this deck should be right up my alley. Um, so we'll see. That's, that's the next one on the to-do list for me. If you want, if you want some more help with the uh, DH uh, yeah. aggro list, you drop you drop Crixus and then you schedule a coaching with ridiculous. Go. I, he, and you'll be fine. he knows what he's doing with any list that goes fast. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've been playing Hearthstone since uh, Naxxramas. What's your favorite deck of all time? Man, I I have a soft spot in my heart for like old school Wallet Warrior, and I think that's just because I like to flex that I had all those cards back then. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that I'm necessarily a control player at heart. I probably actually usually go for the combo deck. So uh, Raza Priest back in the day, I remember that was one of my decks at DreamHack Denver, and I just I loved the style of that and being able to pew-pew them. Uh, and what else? I feel like there's another recent combo deck that I really liked. It wasn't Holy Wrath Paladin. Something else that was, yeah, usually if there if there's some insane combo that is like, you know, an Exodia style deck, I just like to get to that point where I say, game's over, you lost, doesn't matter what you got in your hand, I win. <laughs> so it wasn't that one where you had this, the 25 mana creature that you reduced and then you played the Holy Wrath? That was Holy face. Wrath Paladin, but there, there's something else that was like that style more recently it's not charge warrior although charge warrior was fun i do like face mis- faceless manipulating uh 12 12 with charge um and yeah you get a lot of that with the, the new paladin though with carriel and you pump yeah. up the smite yeah i do like that and battleground battle master is is really fun to just slap down and do obscene amounts of damage with so yeah and that's that card's making a comeback really right is. now, especially in the Enrage War in the Rage Warrior. So, well, you would know, right? You you see the numbers. <laughs> it is fun, yeah. There, there's a lot up and coming right now. Um, so the next question we kind of uh, touched on it a little earlier as well, um, and it's kind of like a two part question. First part is how long have you worked with HS Replay? Uh, what's your role, and then how did you get started? Yeah, so 2018, it was right around Rastakhan's Rumble. That was the first release that I was on staff with them. Um, And 
Yeah, my role is primarily customer support, but I help on the marketing side with some initiatives. So uh, like lately, we've actually been coming out with a lot of articles uh, lately from uh, Den CCG, a uh, really good writer. And um, so I'll edit those articles and post them. Um, and uh, the archetype maintenance, so identifying trends of different uh, deck lists and like compilations and stuff like that. So, and I, I can shed some light on kind of the process behind that because I know sometimes people are curious or like, you know, why isn't this deck showing up? Or, hey, I want you to find this deck and a little limited if I can't see it, but you know, there's there's different stuff <laughs> like that. So um, I got started just because I, I saw that job posting, like I said, I uh, I had a full-time job at the time, but I, you know, I said, I said to my wife, man, this would be cool, especially since it's entirely remote. You may not know the HS Replay team doesn't actually have a centralized office. Uh, we have uh, all, all the different people that work are different parts of the world uh, in the U.S. And, um, and so everyone works remotely, kind of different hours. They have some centralized hours, but, uh, but for, for the most part, pe- people are just kind of really moving cool. things forward. And yeah, COVID happened and we were like, we're, we're good. We're already doing this, you know, <laughs> so some advantages there. Um, but yeah, it's been cool to see these guys passion. And when I, when I came on originally, we were just starting to talk about, uh, branching off into new games. And, uh, for any of you who aren't familiar, there's an entire, uh, tracker called untapped. Uh, if you go to untapped.gg, which, uh, we started with magic, the gathering arena and have recently expanded to storybook brawl and have other projects in the works. So, um, it's been it's been neat to see us take what we learned in the Hearthstone world, apply it to these other games that are uh, that are also pretty significant. Um, but HS Replay is uh, is our bread and butter because it's where we started, um, <laughs> and you know we were we were pretty quick to market with all of our features and everything, so able to serve the community at large and in some unique ways. I get a little excited when you said untapped because that's the beer app. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Tito, I'm getting a little hungry. Uh, why don't we have the main course? Broccoli, broccoli, it's time to eat your broccoli. All right, so, Andrew, um, now that we know a little bit about you and, and what you do, um, we have some questions more specifically for our for our listeners about HS Replay. Uh HS Replay is a fantastic tool that some of us use. Probably not well. Some of it is... I think everyone goes there for decks, but I want to talk a little bit about HS Replay and how it can help our users and our listeners get better as a Hearthstone player. So, so, my first, so my first question for you is, give me, give me the 30-second elevator pitch for HS Replay for someone that's never heard sure. about it before. By HS Replay, we make free deck trackers uh, for users. There are no no paid features on those. So it's kind of a no-brainer to use it um, to keep track of your cards uh, that have been played, what could be left in your deck, uh, keep track of what your opponents played, and uh, and know some things. It basically replicates what pen and paper would do, but it does it for you. So it's it's very simple to use and gives you a lot of advantage of being able to Uh, Just keep track of things in a better way. And then HS Replay, we're able to take the data that users contribute through that um, to show you what's working and what's not. And so you can go and find optimized deck lists. You can find inspiration for creating a deck list. 
Uh, you can see which card's performing better than others and which archetype you need to improve on in order to smash the deck that's smashing your brain on the ladder. So uh, there's lots of different ways that you can use it, but that's, uh, that's about as quick as I think I could make what we do. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. There have been times when I've seen a deck a little too often, uh, and I've gone to HS Replay to say, what's in the red yep. for this deck? And, and pick that up and started playing that. Um, so uh, what would you suggest to a new player finding the site for the first time? What should they be yeah, looking at? Yeah, I would say start simple. Uh, there are a lot of pages that you could get lost in, a lot of features that you could get lost in. Um, but starting simple is usually a good, a good thing. So I would say our meta page is probably one of the simplest that you can go to to get familiar with uh, trends for archetypes. So what you'll see there are the best and work ar worst archetypes across the board uh, in standard Hearthstone right now. Um, from there, you can click on any of those archetypes to get a feel for, um, for, what those, uh, for what those decks look like, what's in them, how they perform, and everything like that. Uh, but I would even just keep it on the meta page. Uh, keep it to the overview page, which shows you at a glance. And then the matchups page can be a little overwhelming at first, but it, 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 it's what you mentioned of seeing what, the red are, what those red matchups are, what performs well and what does not perform well. Even if you're just trying to learn a deck, looking at that matchups tab and figuring out, oh, this deck is one I need to really watch out for, or these decks uh, are going to be just fine. Yeah, I find it interesting because you can look if you're trying to find if you're trying to find a deck that will work well in a certain meta, you can look and you can say, oh, hey, this has good green numbers versus the decks I'm seeing. Or you can also look and say, I want something that's going to be kind of generically OK. Like I think Shaman right now fits that bill, right? Where you can go. It's 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 there. there there's no real outliers of it being 60 percent against anything but there's no real outliers of it being 40 percent against anything either so it's like you feel like that's a deck you can look at and say okay by the numbers i have a chance about against any deck i see and, and that's kind of a good way to um find a, a deck that might work for you in your certain mode yeah. that you're and in. don't get too thrown if the numbers are lower than you think uh, we get too used on or used to it on Twitter for seeing, you know, 70% win rate, 85% win rate. Like you'll go on there and be like, why is the highest thing 57%? 57% is actually incredibly impressive, especially when you're talking about the amount of replays and contributors that are going into making something like this happen. So uh, it, it'll, it'll kind of even out your emotions too. If you are playing you know, beast hunter and you just can't win against anybody, you can go here and say, oh no, objectively this deck is good right now. So maybe I'm missing a piece of the puzzle or maybe the decks I went up against, it was just a really bad loss streak. It helps to normalize some things and let the data uh, inform your feelings, whether they're accurate or not. Yeah. I was watching Draco today, uh, Draco Cat play uh, Relic DH versus, Re Relic Jace DH versus the, the, the I believe, um, No Hand Gamers list? Not No Hand, was it? It was one of those lists. And um, he was losing consistently to Beast Hunter. And I went and looked at the stats. I'm like, oh, no, no, this should lose to Beast Hunter like 70% of the time. So that's yeah. going to feel bad. Um, and, and just one note, you do have one archetype wrong. Um, I hate to tell you this, but it's not Spooky Mage. It's Bones oh. Mage. Just, just... We... You know, it's just named wrong. Everything that one's actually right. funny because we actually <laughs> let the community decide on Twitter what the name of that archetype was going to be. 
Um, and we put it out to Ghost Mage and or Skeleton Mage and Spooky Mage, but there was a write-in, so I didn't see Bone Zone on there. But uh, who knows? Maybe we can we can put it up again one day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so I, I will say that most people probably know that it is a great place to find decks. Like that's one of the sites you go sure. to find a deck. You look for it. But um, what are some features on the site that are underused? Yeah. Um, so one of one of the quickest things I actually go to, especially when I've taken a little time off, like from the week, I'm like, I don't really know what's popular right now, what what people are playing. If I really want to get a jump on uh, on the meta, I'll go to this meta page and click on the by class tab at the top. I, and I feel like this one is pretty underutilized by a lot of players. What's nice about this one is that you can actually sort by popularity and see in each class which of the archetypes are the most popular. Uh, that can help you to get an idea for if you're looking to target what's most popular, here are the things that should be in your crosshairs. Um, it also, it, like if you go there right now, you'll see that Relic Demon Hunter is the most popular Demon Hunter list or archetype, which shouldn't surprise anyone, but it has a below 50% win rate. So that's something that you can also use if on Twitter everyone's talking about Relic Demon Hunter. You can go here and see, oh, actually, it's not that great of a deck overall. Like everyone's kind of hyped about it, but it's not performing. So that can help you say, well, maybe there's something that's a little less popular that actually could do better against the field. Um, so that's one that I like to look at. Uh, another one that I find more interesting and I actually use for a lot of our uh, social media content is the cards page. Um, I just enjoy going to the cards page, hitting in percent of decks as the filter, and then just looking at what the most popular cards in the format out are. We're living in a really interesting time right now where the top five cards are all legendary of the most popular cards in Hearthstone, which is interesting. Um, a few, actually only, or two of them I think were free, uh, and or no, three of them, I guess. So it's a it's an interesting thing there, but especially for, for those listeners who may be a little more budget conscious and are trying to invest their dust in the cards that are gonna be most utilized, this can be a really good indicator for the, for the meta right now for legendaries that you may, if any of these, well, I guess the two that aren't uh, aren't top or aren't uh, aren't free on there. If you don't have those ones yet, especially since they're both neutral, yeah, they're both neutral. <laughs> uh, they might be ones that you'll want to consider crafting next. You know, uh, if you have the dust to invest. So it's a pretty cool tool for for some different things like that. Right. So I mean, I don't recommend crafting Theotar because we are seeing him far too much, but he's likely to get nerfed, so he's probably a good craft anyway. Because you'll likely get your dust back once he's not playable I'd agree anymore. With that. <laughs> um. All right. So um, you know, as as we've talked about, our show is about improving your play in Hearthstone. You've just given us some information here, but uh, are there any other tools you would recommend to players um, to, that they can use to improve their game? Like, so th what you just said was, hey, great, this is a great way to figure out maybe things mm -hmm. to climb or uh, not to climb, to, to craft or to find out which cards you want or what archetype you want to play. But are there any other tools that someone trying to improve their game, maybe they've already selected their mm -hmm. Beast Hunter deck? How do, how do they take use the information you provide to them and bring their game yeah, to the next absolutely. level? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have a list that you're playing uh, and you have your HS Replay account connected to your deck tracker and you're playing on there, you can go into your replays and actually find our deck page for that list pretty quickly. 
What's nice about that is that from that page, there's a VODs tab. And uh, we, we have this cool thing that's actually, it's really helpful for streamers also to, to uh, kind of get their name out there, is that if they're hooked up on here and they have played that deck, you'll see their VODs uh, auto-populated on there. And you can actually search by matchup and uh, if they have the coin and what rank they're at to kind of see their plays. Um, a lot of streamers are talking through their plays. And so if you're looking to learn, that can be a really fast way to find uh, players who, uh, who are doing that. If, you're, if you like stuff that's off meta, uh, you may find some, some streamers that you like that you didn't know before. If you're looking for the most competitive ones, um, you're probably gonna find those on the really popular decks. And you'll find people at top legend playing those decks really, really well. So especially if a certain matchup is bumming you out, uh, you can go on there and see what it takes in order to win that. Um, so that's, that's really helpful. I would also say the similar decks tab is really nice um, because maybe you love an archetype, but this list just isn't working out for you. Uh, you can hit the similar decks tab and then search either by popularity or win rate uh, to see decks that are a lot more people are playing or that are actually performing better than the one that you have right now. No, that's fantastic. And and as as a brand new streamer trying to find myself a win of a relic demon hunter versus a big game hunter, get that uploaded <laughs> there. I might get noticed. Easy. I can say from experience that uh connecting HS replay to your Hearthstone account and like to your Twitch does help a lot cuz when Ashes came out, uh I was using HS replay and I was getting like I, w I went from an average of like three to four to having 20. And that was I contributed specifically to new expansion launch and having it connected with HS replay. Yeah, there's really no downside as a streamer for sure. And there's potential upside, especially if you're playing a deck that a lot of people are really interested in. So, um, yeah, we're happy to do that to uh, help people find the right the right ones to watch like that. It's fun. Nice. I like it. Um, so one thing you do here, if you if you listen to other podcasts or, or you, you read things on the Twitters, um, some people talk about specific stats, like you'll hear about, um, you know, mulligan win rate and, and drawn win rate and how you know, this, this, one, this stat is kind of, you know, underappreciated, overappreciated because, yeah, obviously you're going to win with that card in your hand because that's your win condition. You, you you only play it when you're about to win, that kind of thing. So if you think about these things, what stats do you think are overused and, and what stats do you think are underutilized that you, that HS Replay provides? Yeah. I think that probably the, the most underutilized thing is actually the combination of the mulligan win rate and the kept. Um, one thing I like to say is that HS Replay is an incredible tool that should inform your decisions. Uh, there's nothing, though, that we could show you through the data that says, do exactly this thing at this time. You know, um, Hearthstone is way too unlinear of a game, even if you're playing a pretty linear deck. The situations you run into are so all over the map that there are exceptions to every rule that you could make for, for good play. So I really like combining the mulligan win rate and the kept rate to be able to see, okay, here's what people are doing and here's how it is or is not paying off. 
uh, with nearly every deck, you'll see at least one or two cards that are kept a lot, but aren't performing quite as well as far as the mulligan win rate are concerned. And that's that's honestly a pretty easy, low-hanging fruit way of seeing uh, seeing the things that a lot of people are doing with their mulligan plays that actually aren't effective. Um, and it's, I mean, it's natural. We all think that we should just keep the low cards, which is right most of the time. But I think most decks have one or two cards that actually don't perform that great right out of the gates and maybe need a little juice from something else in order to perform better. That's interesting. I'm looking at it like right now, for example, I see um, I'm looking at Beast Hunter, uh, just something I pulled up, and the mulligan win rate of Harpoon Gun is 71.4%, and it's kept 100% of the time. But the K9otron also kept 100% of the time on whatever deck I'm looking at is only a 16.7%. Wow. Yeah, so, so right there you see the huge discrepancy that it's like, oh, I should be paying attention to what those numbers mean for me in a game. Fair enough. Um, any other stats that you think are underutilized, or is that kind of the main one? I would ones, say that that's the main one. Um, it is interesting also looking at the turns held uh, with any with any deck. Um, when you see turns held being too high, uh, it may mean that a card actually isn't performing as well as it should. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking at that Curse Imp Warlock deck from before, and uh, Imp King Rafam ends up in your hand a lot. And this Infused mechanic is actually a good reason why it should be in your hand a lot. Um, but as I as I go down a little bit, I start to actually see the Mulligan win rate go down, uh, the Drawn win rate go down uh, for a lot of those the other high end cards. So it starts to make me think, okay, are these really the the best cards for this? And I would probably from here start digging on that similar decks tab and say, I wonder what other cards people are running instead of this and see if I can make some more optimized decisions there. Interesting. Um, can, I, can I ask you um, just, a, uh, I'm assuming it looks like you have yeah, it pulled please. up right now. Can I ask you about a specific mm -hmm. card? And that would be interesting to talk about. Um, uh, Depossessed Soul. There's been a lot of debate about whether or not that card itself is good are not good because the synergy is with the uh, location, but you only have two locations. So half the time, or more than half the time, potentially only ends up being a Yeti in your hand. So you hear the Zackos of the world saying, hey, this is a good card. And then you see some of the other Demon Hunter people saying, hey, no, it's not really a good card. You should cut it. So, like, how would I figure that out using HS Reaper? So, really interesting, too. So every card has its own page. And when a card like Dispossessed Soul, which is a neutral is there you actually have a class distribution uh, chart, which allows you to see which classes this neutral card's being played in. Uh, right now, it's overwhelmingly uh, Demon Hunter. Uh, it's actually 80% Demon Hunter. So, um, so it's hard to analyze if it's really working well in any other class. Now, uh, decks that are including it versus excluding it, um, you could look at the... Um, the decks page, uh, choose the demon hunter filter. I'm going way in depth here. And then you've got oh, an included good. cards uh, filter and an excluded cards filter. So with all the demon hunter lists, um, I'm going to put in dispossessed soul for included cards. And the highest win rate, it's like 50.9% to 52.5%. Um, so now I'm going to go excluded, Dispossessed Soul, 
And we're looking, uh, the highest ones are 55.9% to 58.5%. So right now, lists without it are performing quite a bit better. Um, looking at it, well, actually, one of those lists is a Relic Demon Hunter. So I was going to say the only thing is because I was looking at classes, um, it may just be that archetypes that don't use the relics are, aren't doing well. So I could, I could do an even deeper dive just looking at Relic Demon Hunter lists, which... Spoiler alert, it looks like they're still better without it. So um, now that doesn't mean that uh, I, I can't remember where Zacho landed on this. It doesn't mean necessarily that he's right or wrong. This is showing what's happened for the past seven days. So this tells you what has happened. It doesn't necessarily tell you what the trends are. Uh, and I know he's he's looking at data that shows him, you know, the really high legend, which does tend to spill over over time. So it could be that he's on trend for something. Um, but this is going to help you see with with you know just a lot of games what's been working and what hasn't over the past days weeks uh not months usually but um it can at least let <laughs> you know that historically disposal looks like hasn't been performing quite as well so um confirmed here disposal bait um <laughs> uh okay so you do you guys offer a lot for free um but you can also um, get a premiere service with uh, HS Replay. What is the um, premiere yeah, service? Yeah, so it's, it's called Premium, and Premium gives you access to exclusive filters. Um, so my most common uh, way of looking at this is the last seven days in Diamond through Legend. Um, for my gameplay, and I'm, I'm typically, uh, I, I, heard, I heard you guys saying the same in your uh, original uh, or your episode one that I'm, I'm usually I can get to Diamond 10 pretty easily. It's the grind from uh, 10 to 5 and 5 to Legend that it's like, okay, do I have the time and do I really want to grind out those games? But uh, so <laughs> Diamond Through Legend is pretty indicative from a lot of games of what could work well for me. And so being able to have access to those filters and see in a tighter time frame window of those last seven days and that rank bracket is really helpful for me. Um, the other nice thing is that uh, you get a feature called My Decks, which actually compiles your replay data by, um, by deck list so that you can see which decks you're performing well with and which ones you aren't. And I know we can all struggle with tilt from time to time, but being able to actually go in there, if you've been playing with uh, our, tractor, our tracker active, and say, oh, wow, I actually have a far better win rate with this deck than I thought I did. Uh, can actually increase your your confidence level where accurately you should feel confident playing a playing a deck that you're getting 60% win rate you know with but you may not have known that otherwise so that's also a really good feature um yeah yeah i just pulled that that feature up and and i i don't know i've been a premium member for as long as i can remember but i just pulled that page up and i've played an embarrassingly amount of hearthstone <laughs> in the last 30 days um but that's okay um uh so do you have any um final thoughts for hs replay users yeah, i'd say if you're not using it um you know it's it's a very low-hanging fruit way to start getting better um a lot of the free features like you mentioned uh that we have are just no-brainers uh for having the tracker active for being able to go back and look at your replays. I mean, even if you just want to brag about this one game that really went your way, you know, you've got that replay that you can share with people and show them what happened. Um, and, then, and then for people who are really looking for the competitive edge, 
who want to know the trends for decks, which ones are performing, which ones aren't performing as well. Uh, being able to access the filters and the breadth of data that we have uh, can be can be extremely helpful. Um, our team works really hard uh, to make sure that we that we give a really good experience to our users and that uh, we keep it as affordable as possible. Um, you know, for a cup of coffee a month, you could be uh, improving your game uh, pretty well. And we actually offer a discount on six month subscriptions also. So, um, and then we've got a whole thing for battlegrounds that we don't even have time to get into. But uh, there, there's lots of stuff we offer. We love getting to serve the community and being able to help Hearthstone uh, gamers use data to make some informed decisions and get better at the game. Oh, don't worry. We already have we already have you booked in another couple months to um, come talk Perfect. about the battleground Love stuff. It. Um, but the um, but the, the the other thing about the replays, it's not just good for bragging. It's also good. You you have a game where you thought you won and you lost, and you don't know where you won it. You can copy that game. You can review it, and you can share it. And we're going to talk about this on our next episode. But you can share it in your discords, and you say, "Hey, where did I go wrong?" And someone's going to be like, "Hey, on turn four, you should have done." this instead of this or did you think about doing this instead of this and that changes it gives you that opportunity to go back and review what you did and 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 with others and say hey where where did i make mistakes or did i make mistakes because sometimes you're going to lose sometimes you just lose even if you could have played you could have played the perfect game and you lost and that's fine that's that's part of the game but you might not have it's all about decisions all right i don't know about you guys but I'm, i'm feeling a little full but i think i still have a little room for dessert the time has come for this cookie. Yeah, uh, Andrew, uh, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Andrew is living, uh, just waiting for your tweets so I can consume them like I'm consuming this dessert right now. Um, and then you'll find me around HS Replay for sure too. So if you uh, if you follow us on social media, uh, you'll you'll know that I'm I'm the man behind the stats every now and then. <laughs> How about yourself, Doc? Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, Twitter and Twitch at Doc McButt. And I'm at Twitter and Twitch at Tito Santana HS. And you can also email the show at breadnbutterhs at gmail.com. That's N, the letter. Um, Andrew, is there anybody you'd like to you know, give a shout out to while you're here? Yes, sincerely want to thank you two for having me on. Uh, it was fun getting to listen to this this episode and just the heart you guys have. It actually threw me back to when uh, we were starting Velen's Chosen. We were trying to help people get better at the game, uh, and we were doing so mostly for budget-conscious players. So it's uh, it's fun to see you guys doing that and really helping you know, like a whole new load of people that are playing the game now. So uh, I just appreciate the invite, the friendship. Um, anybody who's listening who knows the shows that I talked about earlier. Uh, thanks for knowing me and not forgetting, even though my you know, kids are running my life now. It's still a good life. So, <laughs> Most of us, a lot of us have children now. So like if you've been playing for a long time, I have an eight-year-old myself and I have a grandchild and I have uh, adult That's children. Awesome. So I'm with you. And, and I never realized until you mentioned it today that you were on Villain Shows because I never really listened to the show. It wasn't in my radar at the time, but... I, I know that Loremaster E from Blizzlet was on the show and she talks about it sometimes and I didn't make the connection that you were that yep. Andrew. I, so it's it's nice to have Back those. then she and I were nobodies who just happened to be connected with this guy, not Rob. And he wanted to start a podcast. Both of us raised our hands and we stumbled into it brilliantly. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, so so I, I hope that you guys have have good memories five years from now, uh, no matter where this podcast goes of, of this show as well. Uh, I hope so too. Doc, how about you? Anybody you like to thank today? Um, I just want to thank Andrew for being willing to come onto the show. Like, I know we're just getting uh, our feet off the ground, but uh, it means a lot to have someone who's been in the community for as long as you have and has been on a couple shows to wanting to be on our new small show and be willing to talk to a, talk with us. So thank you. Yeah, to echo what Doc says, it's like we, we there are probably some people we could have been tried to invite on the show early. We 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 are we are very involved with our communities and we probably could have asked, you know, Daniel or, or somebody to add on. But we really wanted to ask, bring somebody in that um, we didn't know. I, I guess we, I, Doc knows you a little bit, but that could bring some some kind of value as far as um, the, the learning. And and you fit that mold perfectly. And I, I was so amazed that you um were able to join us so early so very much appreciated and um also like to thank riot again for the review because that was just you know so heartwarming and um uh especially daniel stonery sheldon for the feedback he gave us this week it was um it, it was very informative and we appreciate it um but i i think that's the show guys um anybody like to say anything else appreciate or? you guys looking forward to what's ahead i'll be able to say i was there when it was just episode three <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've we've exceeded the uh, daily wipe, right? Um, the weekly wipe. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks. I think we're toast. See ya. See ya. See ya. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. Sit, come, listen, maybe change your position. What they say could be right. I've got a lesson, a small confession, opinions out of sight. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light.